You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Let me get into a message I'm going to call, Don't Stay Safe. Don't Stay Safe. Don't Stay Safe. I'm going to get into 2 Timothy 1, 7 and Amplified in just a minute. But, you know, one of the, my personal pet peeves over these last two years is the constant phrase everyone started saying during the pandemic. Hey, stay safe out there. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Right? Now, if you were saying it before the pandemic, you're allowed to continue. But if you started saying it, then stop it. Um, now, I just remember everything, right? Whether the, it's a DoorDash person coming up, handing you your food, you know, backing away, nervous, stay safe, or, you know, drive through, whatever, stay safe. Everything stay safe. And uh, I just, I hated that. You know, even, even, in, um, even in airplanes, I always think it's the funniest thing to me. When over the loudspeaker, they say things like, our number one priority is your safety. I'm like, really? Then why are you taking all these people in a huge metal, like, flying object 20,000-plus feet into the sky? Safety is is definitely not your highest priority if you're doing that. We'd all just like stay in trains, you know what I mean, and just kind of get around. There's always a risk factor when you get yourself into a plane. So, hey, getting me to my destination should be your highest priority. You know what I'm saying? I mean, safety's great. I like, I like staying alive. I'm, in, I'm into that in airplanes. Uh, but I do have a pet peeve with air, or airline attendants that uh, try to be like comedy, you know, hour. You know what I mean? Like, it's the one place I don't want you to be funny. You know what I mean? I want you to be serious. I want you to be professional. You are literally taking me thousands and thousands of feet into the sky. I just need you to like, I need to feel confidence that you know what you're doing, okay? So I don't need your jokes. I can go to comedy clubs for that. I can watch YouTube. I don't need you to be funny on a plane. If you're an attendant and you're funny, just make sure you're actually funny, okay? So... That's also a key. But that this phrase, stay safe, is a reaction to something. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, in the Amplified, I love the way this reads out. And just as a quick note, if you're not familiar with the Amplified translation, it's like a cheat sheet to a Hebrew-Greek word study without having to go to Bible college, okay? So here's the deal. It takes like a normal sort of New King James, NIV type translation and adds a bunch of adjectives based on the original Hebrew and Greek words to create more of a broader colored picture of what that verse is trying to say. So it's not just making up random stuff. It is actually, right, it's actually um, adding uh, the, the full picture of what some of those words are saying. So I'm going to read this and amplify. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice, hello, or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. How good is that? I love the way that reads out. It's amazing. But God didn't give us a spirit of fear. And here's what happens with fear. Fear always causes us to back up and try to retreat instinctively towards safety. So the whole stay safe 
is a direct reaction to fear. It's the byproduct of, of a life and a, and a distant atmosphere of fear that had descended on our nation and really the whole world to where then everyone is focused so much on just staying safe, be safe, stay safe, go, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And it's a fear that ends up driving it. I have a, I have a clip from a movie called The Hunger Games, which sometimes, sometimes feels like real life right now, which is a little scary. It's a little scary. But I got a little clip from The Hunger Games, and it's, it's a snapshot into actually Katniss, who's like the, uh, the hero of the story. But it's a snapshot into an element of her that you don't normally see. Because she's usually like the bold lioness, dominating, leading the way. And there's, there's, a, there's a section here. And sadly, I'm playing like the one clip where she's not a boss. Uh, but you're going to get a little window in what happens when fear tries, tries to come in. Let's check out the clip. Where are we going to run away? Into the woods, like we always talked about. If we leave right now, we're going to be far away from here by tonight. Yeah, who's we? You, me, and your fiancé? It's not just me and Peta anymore. It's no threat to have you killed. Anyone else? Well, you didn't exactly give me a copy of the list, but a good guess it includes both of our families. Unless what? You and Peta get married? Unless nothing now. Gail, we can do it. You said to yourself that we could do it the morning of the reaping. What do you say now? Do you love me? Kayla, you know how I feel about you. But I can't think about anyone that way right now. The only thing that I can think about every day, every waking moment since the reaping is how afraid I am. There's no room for anything else. But maybe if we got away from here, if we went somewhere safe, it could be different. I could be different. You think maybe the president's bluffing? He's not bluffing. Not with what's going on in the districts. What do you mean? What did you see? There were people fighting in the streets. Fires and peacekeepers were gunning them down, but the people were... What? The people were what? They were fighting back. It's happening. It's finally happening. I should have just eaten the berries in the arena and died like I was supposed to. Then everything would be back to normal and everyone would be safe. Safe for what? To starve? Work like slaves? Send their kids to the reaping? You haven't heard people getting this. You've given them an opportunity. They just have to be brave enough to take it. He's already talking to minds. People want to fight. We have to go, Gail, before they kill us. They will kill us. What about the other families? Huh? The ones who stay. What happens to them? People are looking at you, Kat. I don't want anyone looking to me. I can't help them. You do what you want. I'm staying here. Yo. Talk about prophesying 2021. Isn't that wild? Um, there, there's so much in there. Um, first of all, I just think it's an interesting note. She says, I have no room for anything else because fear is consuming her mind. And a lot of times I think we have people living like that right now. It's like they, they can't concentrate, they can't focus, they can't run after anything. They have no room because fear has been allowed to sabotage and consume and fill every element of their mind. But, um, but and then what it causes them to do is, is play it safe. 
causes him to go into safety. There's so many verses around this. <clears throat> one, of the, one, uh, one verse I think is interesting. I'm like in an amplified translation uh, kick tonight. Uh, Proverbs 26, 13. Safety is, oh, actually, that's what I say. Safety is a horrible goal. That's not Proverbs. But it is, it's a good thought. It's a good thought. Safety is a horrible goal. That's my personal uh, thought on that. But here's what the Bible says. Uh, the lazy person who is self-indulgent and relies on lame excuses, hello, Amplified, says, there is a lion in the road, a lion in the open square, and if I go outside to work, I will be killed, right? So this, this, this fear of a potential threat that is outside of his home Cause him to say, you know what? I'm just going to play it safe inside. Literally 2020, okay? But, but in our lives, beyond just the, what we've experienced in the last couple of years, this is true for our lives, is that if we allow the fear of what could happen, if we allow the fear of danger, the fear of the enemy, the fear of the unknowns, it can end up, again, constantly causing us to say, you know what? I'm just going to stay safe. I'm just going to retreat inside. I don't want to go outside. I'm not going to try that new business. I'm not going to ask that girl to marry me. I'm not going to step out in, in faith. I'm not going to you know, be a part of vision builders. Whatever it might be, that fear can cause us to say, man, there's a line out there. You never know what could happen. Dangerous things could happen. I could end up like this or that. And it causes us to play it safe, stay inside. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to stay safe. I don't want to stay safe. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11.4, again, in the Amplified. He who watches the wind, waiting for all the conditions to be perfect, will not sow a seed. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. Man, what, what a powerful verse. And again, it, especially in kind of difficult times, wild seasons, if we're not careful, we can just look at the news or even look at social media or look, look at all the circumstances of life or the unknowns or the stock markets or whatever sort of reading points that, that we'll, we'll kind of get inputs on what's happening in the world today. And if we're not careful, the fear of those types of things, the fear of the storm, the fear of the wind that could maybe take me out ends up causing me to withhold my seed ends up causing me to not plant when I should be planting. The problem then is when the storm blows over, you got nothing to harvest, right? So, so you think, man, I'm just, I'm just going to stay safe. I'm just going to hold my, my seed. I'm just going to stay where I'm at. I'm not going to try to you know, uh, go outside because there's a storm out there. But the problem is it's a self-sabotaging way to live when you allow fear to make you focus on safety rather than, hey, I'm going to keep sowing my seed. It's not, I'm not going to live safe. I'm not going to just try to play it safe. I got to keep sowing my seed, right? So what, what area does that apply in your own life? right? In your family, in your career, right? In, in ministry, just every area of our lives, we have an opportunity to either think about withholding or think about sowing. And we know the Bible says that, you know, one gives freely and has even more and the other one withholds and comes to ruin. Again, so there, there's this there's this world philosophy that I just got to stay safe. I got to hunker down. I got to bunker in. I got to, you know, just try to keep my world together and not, you know, not, not get too crazy. I got to have enough rations. I got to do all. And we've been doing this forever. Anyone remember Y2K? Come on, somebody. Okay, let's be honest. Who kind of had like an escape bunker? You know what I'm saying? Hey, 
All right, I won't make you raise your hand. That was, but I'm not going to lie that my family had a lot of dried potatoes, okay? <laughs> a lot. Like, we could have fed all y'all too, okay? <laughs> we may have also had some 55-gallon drums of oil for our lamps because all the power was going to go out. And the p- computer chips were going to fail. And uh, the church I was at back in the day in, uh, in the Midwest, uh, this false prophet came through and was like, everything that's built on sand will fall. And microchips, the silicone is, comes from sand, so microchips are all going to fail. And everyone was like, ah! So anyways... Great, great logic. But in our life, well, and also once, you know, the computers didn't crash and the lights stayed on and, and the world didn't end in Y2K, we're like, Mom, we're not eating these dry potatoes and carrots for the rest of our life. Okay, just heads up, throw them away, burn them, give them away to a shelter. But like, Mom, come on, we are not spending the rest of our life eating because we could still be eating them right now. There was that that many supplies. Um, but again, fear causes us to try to play it safe, to stay safe. To, but the, the problem is everything in our life, when we approach life that way, actually gets destroyed. Right? When, when you retreat, when you withhold, you actually come to ruin. Your life will your marriage will, your kids will, your business will, uh, the calling that's on your life. When you withhold, when you hold back, when you retreat into safety, I'm, I just, I don't want to lose it all. I, I don't want to, you know, you actually end up losing everything when you try to just live a life of safety. Now, obviously, caution is a God design on your life, so you don't do too stupid of things, right? Obviously, we all understand that. That general instinct to go, hey, that will kill me is kind of a God part of your life. You know what I mean? Um, now, many of us ignore that and just do it anyways and, you know, thrill-seeking, bungee jumping, things of that nature. One time up in the Northwest, it was like a bachelor party, and they're like, we're going to go to this, this uh, bridge up in Canada that hangs over this massive, really, really deep river, and we're going to bungee jump. So I was like, yeah, totally. Oh, my God, I've never done this. And I, I saw that episode of French Prince of Bel-Air where, <laughs> where the sister's fiancé dies in the bungee jumping thing. And it just, I can't, I'm not sure about it, but I was like, I can't not, you know, I got to man up and go for it. So it was just epic. I mean, this massive thing. And, of course, I'm like, hey, has anyone ever died? And they said, not yet. And I'm just like, <laughs> not the reassurance I was looking for. But then they said, hey, do you want to go down to where you stay above the water or do you want to dip uh, your head in the water, in the river? And I said, well, what the heck? I'm already here. Let's go ahead and dunk me. So sure enough, they have it just long enough where I, I jump out. I mean, oh, my God, what a, what a wild experience. But anyways, I'm, I'm just free falling, and I think it's starting to slow me down. I think, okay, it's probably, I'm probably not going to hit the water. And all of a sudden, sure enough, I dunk up kind of all the way up to almost like my knees down in the river, and then just flies me back up. So oh, those are fun. I, you know, they're testosterone-building kind of experiences. And um, 
never bad, but, you know, there's a natural kind of God-given instinct to not die, you know, by stupidity, and that's okay. Sometimes men have less of an ability to obey that instinct than girls do. But I'm, ta- I'm not just talking about not doing crazy, fun, cool things. I'm talking the danger more is actually when you just try to live a life where you're never in danger, where there's never pain, where there's never issues, where you're always just going to stay safe, and that actually ends up messing with you. I know the band's going to already come up. Jared, what's up, dog? He swooped in. Hey, get the plane because I only got three minutes. I got to wrap this. I got to land this plane. Um, I think about Moses. I wanna, I'm going to close with that. Moses' story is interesting. He tries to rescue initially in kind of his own strength. Doesn't go well. And then the story leaks out that he had tried to, you know, kind of create some justice and a little vengeance. And it's not going to go well for him. So he freaks out in fear and he runs, he runs to the desert. And he ends up being there for 40 years. And then God calls him to go back to Egypt. And what you'll find as you read the Bible is that every single story that we preach about, talk about, read about is somebody who didn't play it safe and actually usually somebody who God called them to not play it safe. Right? There, there, there's no hero that played it safe. There's, there's, no, there's nobody in there. I mean, everyone stepped out. Everyone they left everything. They risked everything. They, you know, the Esther, she didn't play it safe. She thought about it for a second, and she finally said, you know what? If I perish, I perish. That's not playing it safe. <laughs> That's not a safe approach to life. But, but everything that God has called you to take possession of, the purposes, the plans, the mission, is going to require you leaving a life of safety and familiarity and saying yes to the call of God. Yes to the purposes of God. Yes to the mission. So I don't want you to stay safe, but I do want you to stay focused on fulfilling the purposes of God. I want you to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Don't stay safe, but stay full of the Spirit. Stay leaning into what God has for you. But Moses, when he comes back again, God tells this dude Moses to tell the the ruler, the, the, the Pharaoh, the king, to let my people go. I mean, he's it's kind of an insane request that he's making, and it was not safe. Pharaoh could have just decided to kill him at will. And then Pharaoh says, actually, no, and uh, for your people, they're going to have to work twice as hard, and I'm not going to give them any straw. They're going to have to go get their own straw. The people weren't a big fan of Moses at first, you know what I'm saying, because he actually made things difficult. He actually made it worse before it got better. And so sometimes God's going to call you out of safety. He's going to call you out of the familiar. He's going to call you to step in. And right now, in a world that is retreating in fear to safety, we, the church, have got to be on mission right now, not hiding away in our safe spaces, right, but leaving that space to go and rescue a hurting broken, confused world that needs somebody to give them courage, needs somebody to point them to Jesus, needs somebody to give them the hope that you and I have. We still face battles. We still have difficulty. We still have pain that we're navigating. We still have real life issues that we're navigating. But just like the Bible says, when somebody dies who is a believer, the Bible says, hey, we mourn, but we don't mourn like those who have no hope. 
right? In the same way, we face trials, we face tribulations, we face difficulty, but I don't have to face them like somebody who has no hope. Right? I can still face life with courage. I can still take on the day with faith and boldness and a level of confidence that God has already won, that there's a victory in mind for us, that we don't have to shrink back in fear and safety, but that we're going to step up and lean into everything that God has for us. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Let me pray for you guys. Just lift up your hands. Let me just pray for faith. We come against that spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. We bind it. We break it. I thank you, Lord, that fear has no place where there's love. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just minister the love of Jesus Christ to every single one in this room. Let love drive out fear. Let love drive out fear right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the love of God. Receive the love of God. He loves you. He cares about you. He's for you. He's with you. I thank you, Lord, right now. Come on, as your hands are raised. Any fear, any anxieties, any restlessness, just any depression right now, I thank you, Lord, is being driven out by the love of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Minister your love. Minister your faithfulness, your goodness. And I pray for a boldness in this room. God, let the men and women of God rise. Let us step into this moment with a faith, with a courage, not, not, not hiding and in, in, in running and trying to play it safe, but God, we know that there is a world that is in desperate need of life, hope, everything that you have, everything that you offer. So God, I pray right now that, that we, your church, we, your people, Awaken Church, East Campus, right now, God, I declare that this campus is here positioned for such a time as this. That this is a beacon. It's a city on a hill. It is, it is designed, God, with this city in mind. Everything that this city needs, God has put it in this campus. And I thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, your blessing. I thank you, Lord, you bless Pastor Michael and Lisa. I thank you, Lord, your hand is on them, that they got favor, that when they speak, people respond, that the city opens up, that people, that the, the city officials are inclined to the ear of the Hundleys and every leader that's in this house. And I pray your blessing, your favor. Thank you, Lord, for just new seasons of, of, of expansion in our own lives and as a church, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.